0: I believe everything, everything that, my that my Bible says. No matter what the devil says. No matter what, no matter what my circumstances say. No matter what, no matter what people says. No what people say. Today I'm a believer. Today I'm a believer. Therefore, therefore, I'm a therefore I'm a receiver. And I will receive today absolutely everything everything. that God has for me. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Well, today's a message that, uh, not because of me, but because of him, that uh, if you'll listen, if you'll hear and I believe that you're here listening and hearing with ears to hear and hearts to receive what the Spirit of the Lord has to say. As, a, as your shepherd, as your pastor, things that, that you're going through, you're not going through alone. All right? I want you to understand that. Because that has a tendency to, to drop into people's spirit. They feel like nobody cares. Well, I, you know, I, I care. As a shepherd
1: what I do is I go
0: before the Father and I say, Father, I said, "Father, since I'm going to have to give an account to you for my people, I need to know what they need. Right. I need to know what they need. So you're going to hold me accountable, Father. You need to share with me. You need to show me what they need to hear so that they can get on the other side of these things. And I know there's several people in the congregation, at least, that are going through some things. So this is the word that the Father gave me today. So, you know, you're not, what you're going through, you're not going through by yourself, but God's got an answer if you listen. Mm-hmm. If you're listening. All right. I want you to open your Bibles to 1 Corinthians chapter 10. 1 Corinthians chapter 10. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Let me get mine open to 1 Corinthians 10. I'm going to read to you from the the Amplified. I don't know that will be that much, it's a little bit different. Let's look at verse 31. Not a scripture that you'll find on a lot of people's refrigerators. All right, but it's still the word of God and it's true, it should be. Verse 31, So then, whether you eat or drink, or whatever you you may do, do all for the honor and the glory of God. Notice what it says here. It says, whatever you do, do all for the honor and glory of God. Not just in church, not just when you're being spiritual, but in everything that you do in your life. Do it all for the glory and the honor of God. Because you need to, to realize that some of the things that are going on in your life are going on because you're allowing them to. Okay? And that's what I want to talk to you today. I don't know if we'll get through all of this or what, but um, there's just some things that the Father was saying to me that we need to understand that we have a lot more to say about what's going on in our lives than what we know. You have a lot more to say about your life than what you realize. You have a lot more to say about how long you live than what you think you, you do. You'll see the world, the world has this viewpoint. Well, when your time's up, uh-uh. Well, doesn't the Bible say something about that you've got a point in time to die? No, 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 no. It doesn't say you've got a point in time to die. It's tradition it says it's appointed unto man once to die. In other words, you ain't coming back as a dog or a horse or a cow. You're going to die one time. does not say when. It just says you're going to die one time. So see, in, in order to flow into the things of the kingdom, you're going to have to understand, like Jesus said, find out how the kingdom operates and all these other things will be added unto you. Well, this is part of that. How the kingdom operates because it's what you need you change how you think you'll change how the kingdom is operating in your life you change the atmosphere around you you'll change how everything is having an effect in your life because you change how you think and that's what he said that's what he, one of the things he's saying here and you know again let's go back to it so then whether you eat or drink whatever you may do do all for the honor and glory of God Everything in your life has to be done and we've we've got to become skillful at doing this. Most people will look at that scripture and say, well, how do I do that? Because you look at it as an elephant and it seems to you, this is a huge elephant for me to eat. How do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. But if you don't start, you'll never get it eaten. All right, so don't sit there and think, well, how am I going to do i well, to help you. The Holy Spirit's here to help you. The Father's here to help you. All right, Jesus is here to help you. But you know what? <clears throat> he can't help you if you won't listen to the people he's put in your life. As my brother here, we were talking about earlier, he said in the Bible, he said he gave gifts unto men, the fivefold ministries. Last time I looked, it's still there. It says pastors. Is a gift. Why? Because a true shepherd, I'm not talking about a hireling. There's a lot of hirelings out there. I'm not going to go into that. But a true shepherd cares for his flock and watches over him. You know, I, I gave you that scenario before about if Jesus showed up in through town here, and, and here we have Jesus the Messiah walking through the parade that we're going to have. Imagine, Jesus is going to walk through in the parade, and he's going to have his sheep. And here comes Jesus walking through the streets of Bloomfield. Everybody's got candy and, you know, they're celebrating. Here he comes walking through with robes flowing flowing down and a staff and flowing just white hair, uh, beautiful eyes of blue. And how magnificent. And you look behind him and here's sheep, they're hobbling. Here's one sheep that his hair is so falling off of him he looks like what in the world is wrong you you, you got the mange you know another sheep it's it's dragging its feet you know and 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 sheep after sheep like this are you going to say that's a good shepherd no we're going to get a hold of uh uh, warwick county humane society and say we need to confiscate them sheep because they're being abused Right? I mean, that's what we would do. That, see, so I'm saying all that. Jesus is a good shepherd. Amen. He is a good shepherd. He's feeding his flock, but see, the flock has to be willing to. You know, there's an old saying, I used to have horses, and you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make him drink. Oh my gosh, you can't make him drink. <laughs> I mean, there's times I, I, you know, I said to our horses, Dusty, one of them, I said, Dusty, you, you need it, son, you need to get it, some water in you. And he just sat there and at me. I, I said, "Well, here, let me dump the water out and pull you a fresh thing of water. There's no floaties in there at all. Go ahead, buddy, just suck it down. No. Well, see, that's, that's what we have here. Not here in this church. I'm talking about in the body of Christ. So we're going to have to change how we think. Alright, as you, as you, you know, when you're out here in the world, you're driving through town, and you're you're going to work, alright, your mind starts speaking to you. You know, things have an effect, you know, you have a guy that pulls out in front of you, and if you're like a lot of people, you get mad, alright, and hopefully you don't, you don't, you don't show them the universal sign of peace. All right, or no peace. peace. All right, but see that 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 happens. I mean, Doc Barkley, it happened to him. A person did that to him, uh, gave him the the bird. We'll come to find out somebody in the congregation. Yeah, he pulled up next to him at the stoplight, rolled down his window and waved. Well, they were embarrassed. Well, but the thing but the thing is is where's a mind like that come in? Not just because it was your pastor that you flipped off the bird, but you see, it's a mindset. Yes, yeah, yeah. Whatever you do, all for the glory of God. You've got—we've got to become skillful on our minds. Not every thought you have is your thoughts. You've got to get this revelation because here's what ha- here's what's happened. A lot of people think that they've got these thoughts in their head. Okay, so I just got to deal with them. No, you don't. You better get rid of them. You know, the word of God says, bring every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Or oh, I like to say it this way, the anointing. Yeah. What does the anointing do? It destroys yokes and it lifts burdens. So when you bring every thought captive to the anointing, the anointing says, Smash it. Destroy it. Get it out of here. I mean it doesn't maybe that vocal like I am. But that's what the anointing is saying. Bring every thought you have in your head captive to the, word, to, the, to the word of Christ. You have to do that because otherwise you'll sit there and meditate on these things. And your mind is powerful. Now, your, your mind is not your enemy. God gave you a mind, but your mind is not to lead you. It's not to lead you, but so many times we've got used to over a period of time letting our minds lead us in everything. You know, it's 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 kind of like this: if I want a truck, and I start thinking about it you because know, I do I do want a truck, but I can't let that thought dominate me. I can't I you know I, I can say Lord, I'm believing for a truck, and I've already spoken to Him about it. I am believing Him for. But I'm just using the example because this is how people's minds work. They start, they start picturing these things. And day in and day out, they, they've got the color of the truck down. I did, but I gave that off to the Lord, so I, I don't even know what it is anymore because I've already given it to him. But see, this is how the mind will work. And they'll meditate on that. You know, and they'll see, a, they'll see an ad and they'll say, hey, I didn't know you could get that on that truck. I want that on mine too. Now, here's what's happening. If they don't get that under control within a, within a short period of time, they're going to have a truck sitting out in their in in driveway. And then they're going to have to try to figure out, how am I going to pay for that truck? Because you're going to have, you know, I mean, it's not like we're talking about a $50 payment. We're, we're, you're talking $700, $800, $1,000 a month. That's a house payment, people. All right? That's how your mind works. Every thought you have in your head will work that way until you, you, you gain control over it. You know, it's kind of like um, raising kids. When you get a, ch- a young child, and uh, I heard when somebody say that, that, that you know, all smart kids will push, push the line. Dumb ones won't. Well, true? Sure. Every smart child will push the line with you. And you'll see parents get frustrated in this area because they've got a child that's smart. Well, of course they're smart. They're supposed to be smart. Yeah. And, 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 and you come up with this idea that, man, what am I going to do? You're going to step it up. That's what you're going to do. You're going to step it up. Because if you don't step it up and you let that child get away with things, He's going to push that line, or she's going to push that line, and keep pushing it and pushing it and pushing it. And the next thing you know, they're running the house. Yeah. yeah. And now you've got a fifteen-year-old that you're saying, "Man, I can't tell them to do anything right," because when they was a baby, you just kept letting them push the line. You didn't step it up and say, "Oh no, you're not. Yeah. Boy. No, you're not." That's right. I mean, you see it all the time. You get out. You get out here in Walmart and places you go shopping. And you see a you know a parent there that has a child that's unruly, screaming and flopping around and getting away with things, right? And and you just want to go up to that that child and say, "Shut up!" What is that? That's righteousness raising up inside you, because that child is drowning. They're dr- they're drowning in their own self and they don't even know it. They don't even know it. So when you train a child, all right, so that when they grow up, listen up, Chloe, because one day you'll have kids, right? I mean, you, you want to have kids someday. I'm not saying today, but someday maybe. Got you, 35. <laughs> <laughs> whatever. <laughs> You're going to have to start when they're young because as they grow and they get older, if you want to have a peaceful house, you better have them trained up right. Otherwise, your, your house, there'll be no peace in your house. You'll worry about things. Why? Because you, you weren't skillful at stepping it up. Well, see, your mind's the same way. There's one exception. The child that you have one day will leave home. Your mind ain't. You're going to live with your mind the rest of your life. And if you, don't, if you just let thoughts bang around in your head, and stay there, and you don't do anything about them, you're going to be in trouble. When ministering to people about healing, one of the things you have to do, you got to get them to change how they think. That's the key right there. You have to get them to see that the Bible says that by his stripes, you were healed. That's a past event. Okay, you were healed 2,000 years ago before you were even thought of. All right? So, but pastor, how do I take that healing that was paid for me 2,000 years ago? By faith. That's how you receive it. But my body says, you quit listening to your body. You quit listening to your head that says, but the pain is still there. You better bring every thought captive to the obedience of Christ because the word says by his stripes I was healed. So I change how I think. I change how I think. I can't act like a sick man if, if I have sickness in my body. I can't act like a sick woman if I have sickness in my body. Dodie Osteen, if you know her, John Osteen, her husband's in heaven, but Dodi Osteen was diagnosed, I, this is back in the 80's, with pancreatic cancer. You know, that's pretty much, you're done. Stick a fork in you, you're done. And that's what the doctors told her, you're done. She went home and talked with her husband and uh, said, well, I'm going to stand on the word of God. So she started speaking healing scriptures over herself. She started laying claim to him by a am You sent your word. Father, I'm not forgetting any of your benefits. You healed me of all my diseases. And it, you, it's, she's got a book out about it. It's worth reading. And she said, it, it, the pain was so intense that there'd be days she didn't feel like getting out of bed, but she'd crawl out of bed on the floor. Crawl on the floor. She said, a healed person doesn't stay in bed. That's right. They get out and clean the house. That's right. She crawled out into her home, and she cleaned her house. Cleaned her house with pancreatic cancer. And then one day, she woke up, it was gone. Yeah. It just left. Well, the doctor said it was over. Okay, they said it was over. But see, faith, without faith, it's impossible to please God. So you've got to have faith. You've got to to trust what the Word says over your situation, over what your mind says. You've got to take that Word and do what it says. A healed person doesn't act this way. A healed person doesn't talk about how how bad they have it. A faith person does. To be faithful means you, you you hold on to the Word. You speak the Word over your situation. You take every thought into your head that comes in and says, but what if this doesn't work? No, I'm not going to believe that. Just like you do with a child. You become skillful with it. You speak to it. You bring it into line. I was meditating on this scripture here early this, this morning. First Thessalonians go there with me. Um. See if I can find it. I know I can find it. I mean, let me get there as soon as I can. First Thessalonians chapter five. Yeah. Thank you, Lord. That was a different Bible. That's why it looked different. It says in verse 23, And the very God of peace sanctify you wholly, and I pray God your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless under the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. You're a three-part being. You're a spirit, you've got a soul, you've got a mind, and you're in a body. How does God speak to you? He speaks to your spirit. He don't speak to your mind. It does not speak to your mind. He doesn't speak to your body. But yet, your body will try to lead and guide you. Your mind will try to lead and guide you. And if you let your mind and you let your body lead and guide you, you will struggle in life. You'll struggle. Because you were never, your body and your mind was never designed to lead you. It's like if you had a, a, a flat tire on a car and you didn't have a spare, but you look, in your, you look in your trunk and you say, I don't have a spare, but I got an extra battery. So I'll take this battery out and I'll just put it down there where that, no, it won't work. Why? Because it's out of place. It's out of place. It won't last. You'll destroy it. Why? Because the battery is for the battery. It does, it does start the car, but it, you can't ride on that. See, some of you are starting to get it. What's happening to people is they're riding on their mind. It's out of place. If you're riding, you were never designed to ride on your mind. That's why people, they lose their minds. Because they're using something that was never designed by God Almighty to use to guide them. Your spirit... The Bible says for their sons and daughters of God are led by the Spirit of God, not their minds. Amen. My mind wants to get in a time capsule and go back 60 years and get me a box of original ding-dongs and bring them here and so I can unfold them in the tinfoil and eat the real ding-dongs, not the stuff they give us today. It's my mind. I'm not going to be led by that. If, I, if I'm led by that, I'm going to be in trouble. See, and this is why you got a lot of mental problems in the world. Yeah. So why depression is at an all-time high? Why? Because we got people that are mindless. Think about it. You you don't know, work with people that are totally mindless? I mean, they just do some of the stupidest stuff. Yeah. I mean, you're like, what are you thinking? Ron, I know you see this every every day. You go to work, you gotta see people that are. You gotta be thinking, what in the world are they thinking? <laughs> they're not even they, used to. Why used to you, I'm, I'm saying, Ron's saying, used to. I thought they were crazy if they came in and they and they were wearing their pajamas. Now they're wearing their underwear. <laughs> it's just kind of goofy stuff. What well, they're mildly. They're, they're using their mind for something that was never designed to be used. You've got to bring every thought captive. Every thought in your head is that of Christ. Does this, draw, does this thought draw me closer to God or not? If it doesn't, get it out of here. Get it out. Get it out. Why? Because you'll struggle in your faith. That one little thought, that one little thing you've got there, it'll keep you back because you'll question the things of God. No, the Word of God says this, I have the mind of Christ. Jesus didn't worry. He didn't struggle. He said peace and everything. I mean, they were, they were out to kill him, and he's in the midst of a crowd. And what does he do? It says he walked right through them. Doesn't say he ran. No, no, he had no hurry. He's a total peace. Why? Because he's in the right mind. He's he's not in his mind. He's in his spirit. He's not letting his mind lead him. The Spirit of God said to him, Walk this way. Talk this way. Yeah. (laughs) Walk this way talk this way. Yeah, you get it. All right? He walked right through the midst of them. He walked right through the midst of them because his spirit said that. He wasn't thinking with his head. He wasn't thinking with his head. He's a total peace. When we learn to control our minds, what we're thinking about, we'll get into peace. That's what it says here in First Thessalonians 5. Let's really look at it again. And the very God of peace The God of what? Peace. Sanctify you. That means to change you. And I pray that the God of your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless unto the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans 12, you don't have to go there, but in Romans 12, in the Amplified, I love the Amplified because it says this Be not conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, which is your reasonable service unto the Lord. Reasonable. Now, that word transformed, it is the Greek word metamorpho. It's where we get the word metamorphosis, where you see a caterpillar that's changed into a beautiful butterfly. See, that's literally what's happening. That's why Paul used that word, is because he he said, don't be conformed to how the world does things. Don't just keep doing it that way, but be transformed from something that was just a caterpillar to now something that's beautiful. By what? The Word of God. As you look into the Word of God, as you study the Word of God, there's something about a Bible. My brother and I were talking about this. There's something about a Bible, me looking into it, holding it in my hands, seeing it as I gaze into it. there's a a transition that takes place that the life of God because this is a living book it's not dead it's not just paper and and, and leather it's alive that life of God the very life of God comes from it and gets into your very spirit and shows you things it shows you the thoughts that you're having it shows you the intents of your heart That's how powerful it's alive so it will reveal to you that your heart's not right. It will reveal to you your thinking's not right. When we look in the churches today, we see a lot of people that they've got a lot of mental anguish. They're they're worried. A worried mind is not a faithful mind. A worried mind is not a mind that is submitted to the Word of God. You've got to submit to the Word of God. You've got to take this Word and, and gaze into it. I wrote this down. A struggling thought life is one that is harassed and it is not contributing to the glory of God, but one that is renewing the mind and disciplining your thought life. And you pay attention. That contributes to His glory. That contributes to his glory. Can I say something? Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so seen, I was watching Dr. Charles uh, the other day. He
1: said, we sow a thought and reap an action. We sow an action and reap a habit. We sow a habit and reap a character. We sow a character and reap a destiny. And it all starts with the thoughts.
0: Yeah. yeah. Everything comes out of that thought. So knowing that, you better watch your thoughts. If it's not a godly thought, get away from it. Think of it this way. You get chemicals in your house, right? Clean things with and do stuff with. If one of those starts leaking, do you just say, that would be all right. Oh, the kids will be, the grandkids will be okay. They won't get into that. No, you... You do what? Well. let's get that thing out of here. Let's get the, make sure we get that thing wiped out and there's no residue of it. It's exactly what you need to do with your thoughts. Because that residue will stay there and will contaminate everything. I remember years ago, and I've, I've mentioned this several times, but until the Lord started showing me this, it really, this brought it, this brought it all into focus. Brother Hagen years ago, He had this. This when he was pastor in a church. They had these uh, different services. They'd have a deliverance service, and they advertised deliverance service. And uh, people around in in the church, they all come and bring family members and all that, and they come get delivered. And then a few months later, they'd have a uh, get the devil out of your life service. And uh, same, they come back and they get delivered, and then a few months later, same thing happened again. And people, all people, would come in and and they get delivered. Well, one day Brother Hagin was out and was, as he did as a shepherd, he he went out and talked to members of the congregation, which were mostly farmers. And he said he was walking out with this one farmer one day, and he was stopping as the farmer was he was he was plowing or doing something. He was just watching the farmer. And he said, Lord, I want to ask you a question. He said, uh, you know, we've had all these meetings, had these get deliverance get the devil out, and people come and they get delivered and all that stuff and cast the devils out. And He said, I've noticed something. These people aren't any different now than, than when we started this. Why is that? And after a moment, he said, the Lord spoke to him and said, Son, that's because you're trying to do by the Spirit, but, what, but that which only my word can do. Now, that doesn't mean we don't cast out devils. These were Christians. A devil doesn't need to be cast out of a, of a Christian. They need to have their minds renewed. Once you get your mind renewed to the Word of God, you'll see that that devil has no place in your life. I heard a a shepherd say this about a a vision that they had one time. said that in this vision, they had fallen asleep and they were out like in a a grassy area. And uh, as they started to wake up, they looked over and they seen this big serpent next to them and said, they looked away for a moment, then looked back, and the serpent was right next to their head. Now, this uh, person said that this serpent's head was about this big. It was about that big. You know, the serpent that was in the Garden of Eden, it doesn't say well how big he was. It was big enough that it got their attention. I don't know if he was that. If his head was that big, I can kind of say he could have been that big. But this person went back to the, the vision. The, the serpent's head was right next to their head, and all of a sudden he opened his mouth and he started to go. And they thought he's come to kill me. Well, right at that moment they came out of their body, and they turned around and looked down, and the serpent didn't grab their their you know to kill them it attached itself to their head the mind and they said one thing they noticed as they came out and they noticed that the serpent had attached itself to their head they looked at the the back end of the serpent and it was completely gone it, it was as though it had lit, not just been cut but torn Something had torn its body off. In other words, it was powerless. And they asked the Lord, and the Lord said, the serpent is after your mind. He can't do anything else to you. He's after your mind. He's after your mind. Now, some of this comes about because I'm just sharing you some personal things. Several weeks ago, the Lord started talking to me about when I go to sleep. He said, "Start playing the Bible when you go to sleep." I found an app on my phone, and I can set it for it's timed—twenty minutes, thirty minutes—and then it shuts off. So I play that every, every almost every night when I go to sleep. I play that right before I go to sleep. as as I go to sleep. I don't have a blaring. You say, well, don't you want to hear? I don't need to hear my spirit's hearing. <laughs> my spirit man's hearing. Mm-hmm. is picking up on things. See, you've got to get out of the flesh. You've got to get out of the natural. You're feeding your spirit. That's what you're feeding. You're not feeding your flesh. And as I started doing that, I, I started hearing God's voice clearer and clearer. And clearer. It wasn't sketchy anymore. It wasn't like I was hearing bits and pieces. Now I'm here having just normal conversations. We had conversations before, but now there's there's greater clarity. And I had been praying for that for, for the the congregation. Give us greater clarity. Greater clarity. Amen. So see, as as what the Lord is saying concerning Everything that's going on in our lives, we're going to have to get skillful with what we think on. Not just when we're at church, not just when we're talking about Jesus, but in everything you do, in everything you do, bring it into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Um, thank you, Lord. the devil comes to distract you when you think about what other people have done to you and you meditate on that even for a moment that moment causes you to break fellowship with the father You break fellowship with the Father. Because you, you, while you're spending time thinking about what so and so did to you or what they said to you about you, you're breaking fellowship with the Father. Just for that moment. But see, there's a seed that's planted there. Then you go back again and you think about it some more later. What, what's happened? You better get rid of that. It, but, Pastor, you don't know what they did. doesn't matter what they did to you. doesn't matter what they did to you. Right. I heard a man of God earlier this week um, on, a, on a broadcast, and he was talking about how an eagle... We're going to look at that here in just a, a minute. Go to Isaiah chapter 40. Isaiah 40. And as you're going, I'll, I'll tell the story. He said an eagle, well, a lot of people don't know is how an eagle handles things. I, I've talked a little bit about eagles. But he said when an eagle is attacked by a crow, a crow will come and jump on the eagle's back and starts pecking at it. He said the eagle is not even concerned about the crow. Doesn't even take and give an effort to fight the crow. What the evil eagle does is he takes off and he ascends and he ascends and he ascends and he ascends. And eventually it gets to the point where the crow can't breathe anymore, and he lets go and it's done. It took the, the eagle absolutely no effort to defeat the enemy. See, we're we're compared to eagles. Isaiah forty verse thirty one. Would you read that aloud, honey?
1: Those who wait on the Lord
0: shall renew their strength. They shall mount up with wings like eagles. They shall run and not be weary. They shall walk and not faint. Mount up. You know what that means? To mount up? That means to get above. Just as an eagle does. To get above. What does it say about their strength? They shall renew their strength. The Hebrew actually says they shall exchange their strength. For his strength. His strength. They exchange their strength and they get his strength. Guess what? If you got sickness in your body and you got his strength, it's gone. It's gone. What do you got to do? You got to change how you think now. Now I got his strength. I got—I already got the mind of Christ. The Bible says I have the mind of Christ. I've got the answer. It's just up here. I'm going to have to spend some time in prayer and go through my files and find it. Right? Like, my gosh, if if you've got a, an appliance at home and it goes bad and you know it's under warranty, do you just say, "Go, oh my gosh, now i got to get a brand new appliance. No, it's under warranty. What are you going to do? You can go to your file cabinet and find the warranty paper. Okay, you've got the mind of Christ. Something comes up, and you think you don't know. Yeah, you know what to do. I just got to go to my file cabinet, find the file that tells me what to do in this situation, and stand on it, and it, the things change. Whatever's in my life has to leave. It can't stay. Why? Because you become. You become skillful with that. And as you change how you think, guess who it affects? It not only affects you, it, it affects people around you. This goes back to the dream. It affects other people around you because they see that you're different. Not because you just say that you're different, but because you act different. You don't act like the same person. My family doesn't want anything to do with me. Why? Because I'm not the same. That boy died. He's dead. He ain't coming back. I don't think that way anymore. I don't act that way anymore. I'm not upset because they don't want anything to do with me. I'm believing for their salvation. I'm the one standing in the gap. <sighs> That's how you need to be with everyone. If God be for you, who can really be against you? They can't be. You're the one, you're the one standing in the gap for Him. But you're going to have to have renew your mind. You're going to have to take the Word of God. There is so much in Scripture, and I don't have time today to even, even to get into it, that concerns about our minds and how how the world's mind is corrupted. In Second Corinthians, it talks about that. Their minds are corrupted. Why? They think wrong. They don't think right. When I, when I produce my Bible, I'm going to put somewhere in there about God's thoughts are not our thoughts and His ways are not our. Oh, you yeah, did that, didn't you? Yeah, okay. Why do you think he said that? Because he's got a renewed mind. He, 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 he doesn't have any negative stuff. You know, you know Scripture, it's in, the, it's in like one of the Peters, I think, First Peter. It says about Jesus that there was no guile found in his mouth. All the stuff they did to him, he didn't say anything bad about anybody. Instead, he goes up on the cross and he says, Father, forgive them for they don't even know what they do. There was a time I don't think I could have said that. Now I can. Now I can say that about people. Father, forgive them. They don't know what they do. They don't know they don't know. Well, because my mind's been renewed. I'm not perfect. I'm not there yet. But I can help you get to the next level. If you listen. If you'll listen. Don't quit. Whatever you do, don't quit. That's what the devil wants you to do, is quit. Yeah. About a month ago, there was a little lady
1: in the church before I had a big move down here that we were just conversating one, one church one Sunday morning, and I just, out of the blue, I said, whose report are you going to believe? Are you going to believe the report of the Lord or, or the report of your doctors? She said, you know, I've been because she was coughing and having problems. She said, when I was 35, they told me I had the lungs of a 60-year-old. She's 89. I said, do you realize how old that makes your lungs? Yeah. Have you ever seen... think about it, if you had 60 at 30, at 35, 30, whatever she was, 39, I said, your lungs would be over 150 to 60 years old. How are you breathing? And it it took her, she she goes, huh? I said, could they be true? Or are they lying to you? And she went back to the doctor a week later and she grabbed a hold of that verse, I grabbed a hold of that, and she went, she came back, she had no problems with her breathing, she had nothing, she grabbed a hold of that report that how could they be telling me the truth if I'm this old now and my lungs are...
0: What they, what they tell you, brothers, they tell you the facts. Yep. Right. they just tell you what they see. Yep. Jesus said, if, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, the truth you know, the truth you know shall make you free. It's the truth that you know that makes you free that's what makes you free the world may have facts but the facts are always subject to change because the Bible says that at the name of Jesus every knee will bow and every tongue will confess he's Lord well sickness is a name it must bow to the name of Jesus right now right now see you and you've got to think that way no matter what comes to me all right no matter what happens the first thing that happens see now this is the old you the old you was when something bad happens you start panicking and worrying about what are you no no the new you you're just going to say okay lord tell me what to say show me what to say i'm not worried about this because you already got it, you have got the answer. Just tell, show me what it is. You'll show you. You'll take that word and you'll speak to it. Okay, this is the truth about this situation. If it's finances, my God will supply all my need. Now I'll do in the natural what I got to do. I, if I got a job, then I, I got to I gotta go to work. But just because I got a twenty thousand bill dollar bill. Uh, that I have to pay off doesn't mean I can't pay it off because I've only got a fifteen thousand dollar a year job. No, no, no. God's gonna supply. How is he gonna do that, Pastor? By faith. By faith. You know, when the walls of Jericho fell down, everybody talks about they shouted, right? But you forget they had to walk around it for days ahead of time. They had to walk it out. Mm-hmm. They had to walk it out. See what you're doing is you're, you're, you might be in the process right now of walking it. But shouts coming. Shouts coming. Shouts coming. Shouts coming. Shouts coming. Shouts coming. When the shout comes, you know it. you know it because you're, it's When it's done, there's no, there's no bad thought up here anymore. That's You're saying, well, Pastor, tell me, when does the shout come? When there's no bad thought up here anymore. When you know that you know, that you know, that you know. Like Dodie Osteen said, a sick woman... Our healthy woman doesn't lay in bed, she gets up and cleans her house. Faith always is obedient to the Word. Spend time with the Lord. Does this help you today? Can we got time to, to, to take offering? I mean, not offering, uh, communion. Sure. Communion. You okay? Is everybody okay? Yeah. Let's take communion. Yeah, you can take that off.